Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Deeper Daily Podcast for the 21st day of July. It's a Friday. I hope that you are having the opportunity to conclude your work week and that you have a great weekend lined up in front of you. And uh, maybe it's a week full of work uh, or weekend full of work. I do a lot of those. (laughs) That's in my line of work. It ends up being a lot of weekends full of work. This particular weekend is a weekend of relocating our son. My wife and I carved out this weekend to meet him on his move and bring him some some of his furniture from our place, to meet him at his new place. I've told you about the fact that uh, Lucas got a job as an assistant baseball coach at a school in Tennessee, so we're pretty excited, and he's making the big move, and it's a fun weekend for our family and just getting to help set up this next chapter of life for Lucas. And so it's a pretty cool weekend. I hope that you have a great one, whatever it is that you're doing. Let's get into Mark 13 today, shall we? Let's spend a few minutes in this great tribulation passage as we're working our way through the gospel of Mark. Let me remind you that yesterday on the podcast, we dealt with the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel, pointing back to that moment in 168 B.C., as an indicator that something similar is going to happen. And it did in AD 70, whenever Titus entered the Temple Mount, which was a Gentile entering the Temple Mount, that's an abomination. And he desolated the entire Temple Mount in in destruction. So we know this happens to the audience. Jesus gives some warnings to flee to the mountains. We know that happened. In fact, when the Romans actually made it to Jerusalem in AD 69, Um, On their way there, they sacked the village of Qumran, and the members of that Qumran community went into the local caves and hid their manuscripts high up in the mountains overlooking the Dead Sea. I was there in March. I went to the Qumran community. You can see the caves from the visitors' decks. You you don't want to get down in that area. You talk about desolate. But you can see the caves where the Dead Sea Scrolls is what we call them now. Of course, no one called them that then. They were just manuscripts copied of the Old Testament and various books. And they become the oldest existing copies of scriptures back to their closest source from the first century. Found those in the 1940s. They preserved that long. The air coming off the Dead Sea there was perfect for, pre- for preservation. Uh, but we learn from the 4th century historian Eusebius that the Christians left Jerusalem at that time. So as early as the 300s, we're getting writings that the 1st century Christians left Jerusalem whenever the, the Romans were on their way in, and they founded the church at Pella, which was east of the Jordan, about 50 miles north of Jerusalem. So they did exactly what Jesus told them to do. Jesus then says this in 15, Let him who's on the housetop not go down into the house, nor enter to take anything out of his house. Let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. Jesus is warning them, you're not going to have much time. When you see the abomination of desolation approach, get out. And, and Matthew's version of this gets a little more intense. If you want to really get into a deep dive, Read Matthew's version of when you see the um, when you see the eagles gather together, a phrase that could very well mean the Roman standard, because the standard of the Roman legions was an e- a bronze eagle on the top of a pole. And so there's this warning, and when you see the eagles gather, get out. 
If you're on your top of your house, people sat on top of their homes, flat top roofs. Don't go in and get anything. Just get out. You don't have time to mess around. They're not going to give you a chance past a certain window. And that's exactly what happens. When the Romans do sack Jerusalem, they make an announcement that those that want out can get out. And a lot of the Jewish community stayed thinking God's protected this city before he'll do it again. But the Christian community left because they remembered the words of Jesus. So don't go back in. Woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. The woe is not that uh, something bad happens to you because you're pregnant, but because things are about to get so bad It's going to be the worst possible time to have a child and it's going to be horribly, um, it's going to be horrible as far as famine is concerned for those that are trying to nurse babies. Keep this kind of prophecy in mind when Paul writes to the Corinthians that it's best if they don't marry because This is what the early church is dealing with. This prophetic word by Jesus that according to Matthew 24 is going to happen in their generation. And by the way, Mark 13, 30 is going to say the same thing. This generation by no means will pass away till all these things take place. A a verse that means there's no way they didn't think it was going to happen in their lifetime. So that's why Paul writes what he does. Like, hey, don't get married. You don't got time for this. It was kind of a lean back into the Jesus prophecy that said, look, Man, it'd be terrible to be pregnant. It'd be terrible to be nursing during this time. And then this, pray that your flight may not be in winter. Why? Because it's going to be horrible to be traveling in the winter. Once again, this doesn't make sense in our technological world. In a world where you can get in a vehicle and turn the heater on, traveling in the winter means nothing. This is not a prophecy for the 21st century. This was a prophecy for their era. Traveling in the winter was the worst possible way to travel. It could kill you. Jesus goes, pray that it doesn't happen in winter. Another indication that Jesus in his humanity does not know the exact date. Because by the way, the flight out doesn't happen in the winter. Well, I guess you could say some people left during the winter. The Roman final siege begins in the spring of 70. But... uh, Jesus doesn't know the exact date. He's going to tell us that before this entire thing is over. For in those days there will be tribulation such as not been seen since the beginning of creation, which God created until this time, nor ever shall be. The Roman historian Tacitus, coupled with the Jewish Roman historian Josephus, both describe the destruction of the temple as so catastrophic that it had to be supernatural. Uh, In fact, Josephus describes armies appearing in the sky, supernatural voice from heaven speaking. And Josephus said that the suffering was unparalleled. Josephus records over a million people died on crosses. Is he being, is he exaggerating? Maybe. But either way, if his number's even close, that number based upon a percentage of the population, because Jerusalem's not near that large, would mean there's never been a per capita destruction of a single people any greater than the sacking of Jerusalem in AD 70. Think about that. Incredible. More tomorrow, and we introduce the weekend sermon. See you then. God bless.